Welcome to Lo-Fi Lectionary. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Lo-Fi Kitchen episode for Luke 5. I'll have a meeting, invite everyone you know. I'll pass out buttons to the ones who come to show. Beautiful people never have to be alone, because there's always going to be someone with the same button on as you. So here we go. Um, uh, Luke 5. What a good chapter, am I right? Um, You know, as I've been kind of reading it over and reading it over and reading it over um, and and making my own notes and thinking about it a lot this week. And and as I read the story, one of the things I just love about it so much is that in the story, um, Jesus, everywhere he goes, just shares himself with sinners quote unquote, without asking them to kind of earn his attention or his love or to prove it or deserve it. Everything that Jesus does is a gift to everyone and kind of everyone can take that gift. Um, in, in, in the Christian, uh, community, we, we use the word grace a lot and grace is just kind of the free giving of, of God's goodness or favor or love. And, um, it's a gift, you know, everywhere he goes, he's, he's bringing gifts it's all free, you know, it's not merit-based. Um, and uh, I, I, I often wonder for ourselves, for myself, for um, the communities I'm a part of, what if our primary questions that we had in life were, what can we give away? Like, what, what are the gifts we have that we can give to others? Um, you know, I often wonder... Um, I work at a church. I'm a pastor. And, and I wonder what a church would look like if our primary question was, what can we give away? Um, I mean, at church, um, you know, at meetings and things like that of churches I've been a part of, but just also a lot of ones I've visited because I try not to work at churches that think this way. But it seems like the primary question is often, how do we get people to show up? How do we get them to come? How do we get them to come to our service, our project, our um you know, our moment of worship, our concert, our, you know, Christmas pageant, how do we get them to come? And instead, I wonder if what, if it always started with, what can we go give away? Um, where are the people that need something and how, where can we go give them something? Um, if you're not a churchy person, um, let, let's connect on this. What if po- in politics, <laughs> I'm going to try not to get myself into a bunch of mud here, but, um, what if our politicians and what if we as political people, as voters, you know, or as people involved in whatever level of politics that you are, what if the question wasn't how do we get people's votes or how do we get power or how do we get control or how do we take back the something um, or how do we get what we want from it? But what can we give away? What do people need? What do we have? What are the gifts we can give? I often, I, I, I don't think we talk that way or even hear that way. Like we just, we just, we haven't been trained to think that that's what it's about. Politics is a power grab. It's about getting something for ourselves as opposed to what can we give away? How can we take care of others? You know, what if that was the goal of government was to take care, you know, of everyone who needs it. I think we'd have something drastically different. Um, or what if in our relationships, if the primary question between, two of us. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I fall into the mode of with my friendships, you know, and with my family and people like that, or, um, acquaintanships and coworkers and stuff like that. It's, I've, I, I try not fall into the trap of 
having the primary motivation for what I do and what I say be how can I get their attention? How can I get their admiration? How can I get leverage over others? Leverage. <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, how, how, what can I put on Facebook that'll get likes? You know, as opposed to what can I give away to these people that I love? Um, and uh, to attach it just to what we talked about last week in the kitchen, I think if you don't start with, with a sense of, a deep sense of wonder about the world and a deep sense of gratitude about the world, that often prevents you from looking at life as my opportunity to give good things to the world or my opportunity to receive good gifts from the world where I can. Um, but that's what Jesus is all about. There's something he believes is so good about the world and he's received such a good gift that everywhere he goes, he's just trying to give away. Um, he's not afraid of being contaminated by others, but he's like, no, you're the, you're the one who's here, who's, who, I'm, who I'm here to find, who I'm here to heal. I do choose be made clean. Um, I love that about Jesus. And uh, even if you're not religious, I hope that that's something that we can think about together. I mean, is that the way the world works? You know, is that the way that we live in the world? Is that the best way that we think is to, is to live, is to go through life looking through what can we give? Um, I think that's the real difference of what makes people, you know, a critic and what make people creators. And I'm not talking about critics, people who like are professional critics, like you have a movie blog, you know, or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about that, but there are people that go through this life and I am one of them and have been one of them who we think our major job in life is to critique everything and label and judge everything um, and figure out what's good and what's not. Um, and that that's our great gift to give to the world is to tell people what's good and what's bad and to tell people, um, what's wrong and what's right and to tell people, um, what's, what's crappy and what's not worthy versus people who look at the world and see that, yeah, there's some good and bad things in the world and they go, I'm a, I can be a creator. What can I create? One of the most fascinating things about, um, the story of the Bible that I found is that the God in the Bible is a creator and he's always inviting other people to go be creators along the way, like with him. I think that's really fascinating. And so if, what if we viewed life as an opportunity to be co-creators with everyone else as partners in creating good things? And I, and, and I wonder as we just encounter Luke five in particular, like the scribes and the Pharisees, like they, they know the scripture, they know the story, like, and I think they're, they they earnestly want to help people, but they're not out healing and touching lepers, and they're not out helping people catch an abundance of fish so that there's plenty of food, and they're not out um, talking to tax collectors that they view as doing the wrong thing and inviting them to come do something else. Like like, but Jesus walks up and he's like, "Hey, you can quit your job. You can quit your tax collector job. You can do this, and you can come follow me instead." Like, that's what Jesus is like. He's a, he's a creator. And they are often trying, they're just being critics. And they're complaining. And they're questioning a lot. I wonder if a lot of that goes back to, like, what, what leads some people to be critics and what leads some people to be creators? For myself, um, when I think of anxiety um, 
And if you have religious anxiety of like, ooh, I constantly need to be on the alert because I have to make all the right choices so I can stay right with God because God at his core to me is a dangerous person. Um, that's often going to lead you to being a critic because you're going to walk through the world trying to figure out what's right and wrong, right and wrong, right. And I'm not going to associate with some people who are so wrong that I can't be around them. And that might anger this God I have anxiety about, or I'll be only around good people and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, if you, if you're not willing to encounter the world like that, if you're not willing to be a creator with people, if you're not willing to enter into the things that are wrong to help set them right, you know, Jesus is calling people to repentance. He's calling some people to change and to quit, but, um, he's entering into their party as well. And, um, if, if you're, if you think that God is an angry God, if you think that God is just ready to, to strike people down at the wrong step, um, you're going to turn into a critic and I, I wish I could hang out with the scribes and the Pharisees and try and get their point of view to try and determine what's what's their God like that they think, you know. And as they encounter Jesus, maybe some of their objections to him are just like, oh, Jesus is is a different God, you know, than they expected. Or or the way he, Jesus talks about God, his father, you know, is is different. And so there's two conflicting gods going on in the story. Um, and it reminds me for myself, just the, the character of our God, quote unquote, you know, this construct that we have in our brains, it matters. And, this, and if you're not religious, you know, substitute the word God for, for something else that you might be able to feel more comfortable putting in there. You know, the character of the world in your point of view matters. Is it a good world? Is it headed towards something good? The character of humanity just alone. Are people good? Or are people at their core bad and corrupt and really making a mess of things? The, the way you, you, you think of their character is going to change your behavior and it's going to change your character too. Um, I've been uh, listening to the audiobook of uh, a book by Neil Gaiman called American Gods. Anyone else out there listen to it? It's, it's becoming a TV show now. Um, but uh, I've been listening to the audiobook and in the audiobook they have this really fascinating um uh, story in that, um, there's these gods, um, and there's all the gods throughout all of human history are created by the constructs of the people and what they worship. So if a bunch of people get together and start worshiping a certain kind of, of, of God that they kind of create a construct of, or they worship something in nature and give it a lot of their desire and give it a lot of their attention and a lot of their energy, like a being is kind of actually like created to receive all of that and to be empowered by it. And so all throughout the story, um, there's all these weird, weird gods um, who are created um, by the worship and attention and dreams of their people. Um, and all the gods start to wage war against each other because suddenly for thousands and thousands of years, people have worshipped very particular kinds of gods. And suddenly there's these new gods, you know, being worshipped. Um, so there's like a God that like embodies the media and there's a God that like embodies kind of like technology and the internet, you know, and, and stuff like that. And these new gods are taking over because people are not giving their attention to the old gods. So the old gods are starting to get weaker and weaker as these new gods get stronger and stronger. 
and the new gods start to attack the old gods and the old gods have to like rally together to like wage war against the new gods. I'm not done with it yet, so don't spoil it for me. But it, it reminds me of this story in Luke 5 as Jesus is starting to meet opposition from this group of people. Um, if we step back and just looked um, at their actions and the way that they behave in the story and had to construct or draw a picture of or write a doctrine for them of what we think their God is, what would that look like? And what if we all have those? What if yourself, like what if, what if someone had to watch your actions and your behavior and then write like a doctrine of this is Kevin's God and this is what Kevin's God looks like? Like, what would that be? That would be so interesting. Or what if your community, you know, your town, you know, or your church, um, what if your business like, what if people watched where you gave your attention at your church or your business? And what if people took, like, where your energy goes and watched your behavior and had to, like, draw up a picture of what they thought your God looked like and did and was like? Would it be a good one? Who is here to bring favor and goodness to the world? Or would it be one who was constantly frustrated and, like, putting their hands up helpless? Would it be one who is angry and ready to, to, to just shoot down lightning? You know, um, it, it would be interesting. I mean, what if like Zechariah way at the beginning of the story, you were struck and you couldn't talk for a year, you know, but your, your actions, people were going to watch and your emotions and your behavior and they were going to watch how those reveal your deepest beliefs about the world or about them or about your life. Like, I wonder, like, if I couldn't talk, how would I communicate to my son and to my wife and to others that I love, like the deep love that I have for them? And maybe if I, if I did something that wasn't loving, it would count more because I couldn't just cover it up with my words. Um, where does your, your worship and your attention and your energy go? And how does it reveal what you really, really deeply believe about the world? Those are good questions. They come out of Luke 4. Um, and we're going to continue, if you, if, you, if you continue on with this podcast, to look at other stories. Um, you start to wonder what kind of God people have. And as Luke portrays, God is now walking around with sandals on. Um, and so this is the most real concept of God that Luke can present, how it comes into conflict with people. And some people are going to be critics and some people are going to be creators. And I think we have the choice today to decide, are we going to be critics or creators? Are we going to give gifts or are we going to take power and control and leverage over its leverage? <laughs> oh man. Well, um, that's it for the kitchen this week, but uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. I just want to say a quick thank you to you for listening to this episode of Lo-Fi Lectionary. If you liked the podcast, please help us out. You can review, subscribe, and share the podcast any way you can. Um, the more people we get in on the game, the funner this is going to be. Uh, if you want to participate in the discussion for this episode, you can come visit our website at kevinlester.net. And follow the links to the podcast and then to the link for this episode. Um, you can also find our podcast on Facebook. And we can discuss and, and keep things going on there. Uh, just search Facebook for Lo-Fi Lectionary and you'll find us.
You can also get in touch with me, Kevin, directly at lofi at kevinlester.net. And that's lofi with no dash. So L-O-F-I at kevinlester.net. And you can also find me on Twitter at lofi kevin with no dash again. So at lofi kevin. Um, that's kind of it. So thank you for coming and we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you for listening.